Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. So good again to, to be here on this Easter service, and I just want to say a personal note: it is a, uh, a truly a, pl- a pleasure and a privilege to be able to preach the Word of God on a day like this. To, but I do it because I know that the Lord is my personal Savior. I know everyone in this room that if, if you've given your heart to Him, you could stand here today and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He's risen again from the grave. Every one of us is able to do that. But I find it a privilege and an honor to be able to share his word and how the Lord speaks to my heart to share the truth of the gospel. And so this morning, I want us to just to look at this outline. And some of you have that. If you don't have one, if you want one, they're in the foyer. Maybe some of our ushers can help. But uh, we try to make this easy so you can reflect on later on. Um, in, the, in the screen here, go ahead to the next slide there, Christina. She's done a great job. Can we just give a, our media team a, a hand of appreciation? And they do such a great job. And so if you're following the outline in the top right hand corner, there's a, there's a thought with the, with the verse and there's not a whole lot this morning, just easy fill-ins, but, uh, and, and we want to just take some reflection from this word. We're going to start this morning and I want you to hear that Peter knew him. The apostle Peter knew Jesus Christ. And, and so I want to start here in this passage in Matthew chapter 16. I realize this is Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday. We're going to get to the grave and, and just a little bit, but I want you to hear a little bit about people who knew Jesus. Peter knew Jesus. And, and here's where a, and a scene that we see in Matthew. It says this, when Jesus came into the region, accessory of Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of man am I? Verse 16, verse 14. So they said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? You've been around me for a while. Who do you say that I am? And the one who speaks up is is Peter, and he begins to say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just a prophet. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a a common man. You're not just a a general person. You're special. I've been watching you. I've been with you. I've I've seen the things that you do. You are Christ, the Son of the living God. And, And this is how Jesus answers him. He says, Blessed are you, Simon uh, Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He says, also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail <coughs> against it. One more verse here. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter knew Jesus. He walked with him. 
He had a personal relationship with Christ. And in that personal relationship with Christ, he began to recognize uh, the, the, the sovereignty of Jesus. Uh, he began to recognize uh, the divinity of Jesus. Uh, he began to recognize uh, the miraculous of Jesus. Uh, he began to recognize that Jesus was a personal Savior, a personal God, uh, that he wasn't just distant. He, he began to realize God is here in the flesh uh, among us. Uh, and it was the Holy Spirit... Uh, it was God the Father begin to reveal this in Peter that you're not just walking with the common man, but you're walking with the, the Son of God. And I want to let you know that the God the Father and the Holy Spirit is still here today letting us know that Jesus Christ is alive and that we can know him personally. And here's what he begins to say when you know him personally. You begin to hear from things from heaven. Do you realize that the, the conversations that we have with each other, they're here temporary. But when we begin to get in tune with heaven, we begin to hear eternal conversations that he begins to say to us, you know, I have a place prepared for you for eternity. It's not just a, a temporary dwelling here on earth. I want you to be with me in heaven. I want you to be in the, in the gates of, the, of, the, of heaven. I want you to roam the streets of gold. And we begin to hear that because the word becomes alive. It becomes alive to us when we hear Jesus speaking to us. And I want you to know this morning that you can have a personal relationship relationship with Jesus Christ just as Peter knew him and and here's what he began to say to Peter I'll give you the gates I'll give you the the keys of the kingdom why? He says this, I'm going to build my church on this truth. When he began to say that to the Peter, the gates of hell can't prevail it, uh, on this rock, on the rock of the word of Jesus Christ, uh, on the words of Jesus himself, he's going to build this church. Uh, how many believes that he's still building the, the kingdom of God uh, and that he's still bringing those in who are lost in, into the kingdom of God and on the truth that Jesus is the true Savior, the true Messiah, the true Redeemer, on that truth truth. Uh, we have been set free. And this is what he says, based on that truth, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind here on earth uh, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose here on earth will, will be loose in heaven. What he's saying, he's given us spiritual authority. See, this, uh, this life that we're living is so much greater than you can think when you're just looking on earthly terms. Because we realize that we have been created by the heavenly father. This is not to puff us up. It's not in our own self. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own doing. But we have to realize that we have been divinely created by God the Father and that the Holy Spirit is living within us. When we call on the name of Jesus, this is why we start out with the beginning here. I believe this is the Word of God. And so everything I'm telling you is from the Word of God, that you're not just some ordinary creature. You're not just a deer running around. You're not just a cow grazing in the fields. You're not a frog hopping on a pond. You are the sons and daughters of God, and he's created you with a divine purpose, and he wants you to know him just like Peter knew him. And so when we open up our hearts and we open up our minds, something begins to take place. We realize that we are spiritual beings and the Holy Spirit begins to move on our hearts and begins to let us know this thing that we're believing about Jesus is real. The thing that we're hearing in his word is real and we can have a personal relationship with Jesus today. Zacchaeus knew him. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. I'm going to take you to the book of Luke chapter 19. Let me read these verses and I'll give you a little prelude to that in just a second. But in verse 
5, it says this, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. He said to Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down for the day. I must stay at your house. And who, who is this guy, Zacchaeus? And we find in the, the beginning that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In fact, the scripture says he was a chief of the tax collectors. And it just didn't leave it there. It said that Zacchaeus was a short in stature. He, he was a unique individual. And so as we go through here, Jesus says, Make haste and come down and and, and received him. This is what Zacchaeus said in verse 6. He made haste and he received Jesus joyfully. Zacchaeus went to, in this first few verses, we saw that Zacchaeus knew that Jesus was coming around and he wanted to find who Jesus was. He heard about Jesus. He didn't know Jesus yet, but at the end of the scene, you're going to find out that Zacchaeus actually know, begins to know him. He had to begin a relationship with him. But before that, he was curious about Jesus. That's where it starts. Maybe this morning you're here and you don't really know about Jesus. I want to spark your curiosity today. I want you to begin to get in tune. I want you to know that there is a, a person named Jesus that loves you and he knows everything about you and, and he wants to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you, just like he did Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus got curious, and so he wanted to see Jesus, so he actually climbed up into a tree. It's called a sycamore tree there in the New, <coughs> New Testament, and he was looking over the crowd to see Jesus, but Jesus knew where he was. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus knows where you are right now. He knew where you were last night. He knew where you were last week. He knows where you're going to be tomorrow. He, he already knows you. <clears throat> he wants you to know him. So here's what we see in verse 7. But they saw it, and they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Who's they? This is the crowd that, that's around. This is the, the crowd that is sometimes complaining. They didn't understand all the ways of Jesus. This is the Pharisees. They begin to complain about Zacchaeus. I'm going to have to pause and get a drink. You had to pray for me this morning. <coughs> Thank you for water on the front row. Amen. <clears throat> they didn't like what Jesus was doing. They didn't like that he was hanging out with Zacchaeus. This is the reason why. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Wasn't always fair. Find out that he was taking extra money at times. He became very rich. And, and so they realized that he was a sinner. How many in here can raise your hand and say that you were a sinner? <laughs> if you were a tax collector back then, how many think you maybe took a little bit extra? If you were, didn't have Jesus in your life and you didn't fear God, you'd probably taken some extra either too. And, and here's the thing. But God is a God who transforms our, our behaviors, uh, our shortcomings. And this is what happens with Zacchaeus. Uh, look at uh, the next verse there. And it says, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 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 I give you half of my goods to the poor, and I've taken anything from anyone in false accusation. I restore it fourfold. Now listen, this all didn't happen at the tree. This happened at Zacchaeus' house. Uh, we see that the Lord said, I want to go to your house and, and make haste. Let me come in. I'm going to stay with you for a while. And Zacchaeus welcomed in. And it's during that time that Zacchaeus got to know the Lord. And when he began to know Jesus Christ, and, and he saw the compassion of Jesus Christ. Uh, he saw the love of Jesus Christ. It did something in Zacchaeus and it began to change his heart. 
How many is ready for a heart change this morning? You've got to get close to Jesus Christ. Spend some time with him. Spend some time in his word. He's going to do a transformation in your life. And, and this is what happens when Zacchaeus uh, spends some time. He began to know him, and then he began to change. He began to say, I want to, be a, I want to, be, I want to grow in generosity. I want to change the way I've been doing things. I don't want to take from people. I want to give to people. I see Jesus Christ here. He's spending time with me. I, I realize he's a... I, I've seen something different in him, and, and I want to be like that. And so, so I'm going to give back, and I'm not even going to give it back to what I owed. I'm going to give it back fourfold. He's going to give more. And here's the response of Jesus. He says, today salvation has come to this house because he's also the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. This is the reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth. To, to seek and save that was lost. To every one of us in this room. And everyone is watching online. You were lost. And some of you may be lost even this morning. But I want to let you know that Jesus is going to knock on your heart's door. He wants to let you know that he loves you. And he has a plan for your life. And he wants to take that bitterness out of your life. He wants to take that hurt out of your life. He wants to take that pain out of your life. And he wants to give you a, a destiny. And he wants to give you a purpose. And he wants, to, you're, he wants things to change where you begin to see people a different way just as Zacchaeus. Uh, not a way to get things from them, but I want to bless people because God has blessed me. Amen? Amen. I want to tell you about another person. Mary Magdalene knew him. Before we get to the scene Completely in, uh, in another passage, I want to read this from Mark chapter 9 to bring context. This is also the, the gravesite scene, but this is just one verse. Verse 9 of Mark chapter 16 says, Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. But catch this, out of whom he cast out seven demons. The reason I bring that out, I want you to realize again, we make this declaration, this word is true. We said it this morning. Mary Magdalene had seven demons. She was possessed. She had things in her life that kept her bound, and, and she was oppressed by the enemy, and she was being held down by the enemy. But she had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and when she had an encounter with Jesus Christ, uh, he had all authority and all power, and he spoke to those demons, and they had to flee. And, and I know this gets a little bit weird for some people. We're like, we're talking about demons on Easter Sunday? Yes, because demons are, are, are real, and demons are, are out there. There's a, there's a spiritual uh, oppression that takes place when people are not surrendered to God, uh, the only other place to be is your mind is, is with the devil. And the enemy wants to capture you and hold you bound. Uh, he wants you to go down paths that, that God doesn't want you to go down. He wants you to be bound by alcohol and drugs and porn pornography and, and so many other things. Uh, but God wants to set you free. Uh, and you may be afflicted this morning, but I want to let you know that God is able. Someone say with me that God is able. And you can know him just as Mary Magdalene knew him. And, and God wants you to have a freedom in him. Him. That's what this day is about. That's what Easter is about, this Resurrection Sunday, because Jesus Christ conquered a grave, and he made a way for all of us to have freedom. And so we looked at this first because you realize that Mary Magdalene began to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not like the relationship that the Agnostics tried to, to paint it. She didn't have an immoral relationship with Jesus Christ. She had a pearl, pure relationship. She followed Jesus Christ because she loved him, because he changed her life. He reached down into her 
darkness and he pulled that darkness out and he replaced it with the light of the truth of the gospel with love and compassion and she began to follow him because she knew that he was a way, the truth, and the life. Uh, does anybody know Jesus Christ as a way, the truth, and the life this morning? And so Mary Magdalene knew him and you can know him. So let's go to John chapter 20, uh, another account uh, in another gospel of this scene where Mary's at the tomb. This is what it begins to say, verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and she wept and stood and stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting on the head of the, of the other at the feet and one where the body of Jesus had lain. And again, to make sure you know where we're at, this is after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Uh, we talked about that on Friday. That Friday is a, is a day that Christ was crucified. Today, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's why we go back to this scene here. And so Mary, after three days, uh, she went to go to anoint the body of Jesus. Uh, they still cared for uh, the body of Christ. And, and she wanted to go pay uh, respect to him. But when she got there, she began to weep because the tomb, the stone that was in front of it was rolled away. And when she looked in there, she didn't see the body of Christ, but she did see two angels and she began to have this conversation with her, with them. And they begin to begin to say to her, woman, why are you weeping? Verse 13. She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. She thinks that he's gone. They think that they, they took his body to another grave site and and he began to this begin to change and they said to her in verse 14 and she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Uh, get a picture. Get to your, go, go to that scene with me. Uh, she's at the tomb and she looks inside, hoping to see the body of Jesus, although she's already crying because of the death of Christ. Uh, and I know in her mind, could you imagine those three days uh, uh, what it, uh, that her memory was like uh, of Jesus being crucified? Uh, uh, we, don't, we can't even comprehend uh, the pain that Christ went to. Uh, I couldn't imagine being on that scene but there were spectators there that day watching Jesus Christ they saw the blood flowing out of his back because he was already beaten so brutally before and they got him to the cross and they hung him on the cross and this morning I could spend a lot of time to talk about the crucifixion but I just wanted you to think about what Mary was thinking over those three days as she came to the tomb the last images she saw of Christ wasn't her wasn't with her him uh, talking with her and, and delivering her from the demons. And it wasn't walking and, and hearing the teaching. The last thing she saw of Christ was him hanging there on the cross, uh, bleeding. And that image just had to be burning in her, her mind. How could this be the one who, who brought peace, the one who fed the 5,000? How could this be? How could he die on the cross like that? They, she wasn't expecting that. So she's walking with this heaviness when she gets to the tomb for three days. How could this be? And then when she gets there, to her surprise, his body's not even there, bringing another blow of disappointment to, 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 her, to her weekend there. And she says, what am I going to do? And so when she begins to have this dialogue with the angels, uh, who are you looking for? Then Jesus stands up there and he says, who are you looking for? What are you looking for? And he says in verse 15, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, I, I'm looking to anoint his body, but if you've carried him away, can you tell me where you laid him? 
Then Jesus said to her, Mary. When she heard her name, Mary. She began to say, listen, I, I, there's something that's taking place right now. This sounds like the voice of Jesus. I, I know the voice of Jesus. When he called my name, when he called her name, something began to change right there. She responded, Robani, that means teacher, I recognize who you are. You're Jesus. You're not dead. You're not laying here dead. You're alive, just as you said you would be. You're alive this morning. And he called her name, and she recognized his voice. And I want to let you know that Jesus wants to call every one of your names today. And he already has called your name. If you're sitting in this room. He's already called your name. You've got to listen. He's wanting you to walk with him. He wants you to know that he's not dead. That he's not dead in your life. That he can be alive in your life. That Jesus, the name of Jesus, is not just a catchphrase to throw out there with every other sentence and cuss words. But Jesus' name is life. He's a resurrection of life. He's a giver of life. He's a giver of hope. He's a giver of peace. He's our healer. And you can know the voice of the Lord. Jesus said to her in verse 17, Do not cling to me, for I, I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. I'm, I'm about to leave this place. I, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to make intercession for you. Go and tell them that I'm alive. Go and tell the message that I'm alive. And the same message that Jesus gave her is the message that he's given to us right now. We are to go to tell our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our family that Jesus is alive. Amen? Verse 18 says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had not seen the Lord. Or that, sorry, that she had seen the Lord and that he has spoken these things to her. Then that same day, that evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were. So you got to understand the disciples were, were getting fearful because they just crucified Christ. And, and they were fearful for their own lives. And so they went back to a, a room where Jesus had the, the, the supper with them, that last supper. And they were hiding out there. And so Mary goes to that place and, 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 and lets them know that Jesus is alive. Now the disciples were here. The disciples now are in this room together because of fear of the Jews. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. There's a peace that comes in the room when we know the personal presence of the Lord. That's what this is about, his personal presence. When Mary gave the message to them and and then the disciples met together and they were in that room. Jesus stood in the midst of them. He began to minister peace. There's some in this room right now, there's some that are watching that you need a peace of God to enter into your situation where you're at right now. You're not going to find it outside of Christ. You're not going to find peace outside of the Lord. You're not going to find peace outside of the body of Christ. You need to a fellowship of believers to be together to encourage you, to strengthen you, to pray with you.
to help disciple you so you can grow to share with others. It's the peace of the Lord. Some of you may be doubting that. Well, let me introduce you to Thomas. Thomas knew him. In that same passage, just a few verses down in verse 24, it says that Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. He wasn't in the room when Jesus showed up. But the other disciples, verse 25, they said to him, we have seen the Lord. So Thomas said to them, unless I see his hands and the prints of the nails and put my finger into the prints of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. And there's some people walking around today that will not believe in Jesus Christ unless they try to put the conditions out there. But I want to let you know that you can believe in Jesus Christ. And he'll find a way to every one of those spectators, or spec, I can't think of my words this morning, every one of those persons who don't want to believe, every one of those persons that are doubting, they'll just open their heart a little bit. He'll reach in, he'll show the light, he'll give them the truth, he'll let them know that he loves them. Eight days after that, the disciples gathered again inside that room, and Thomas was with them this time. Jesus came, and the, and the doors were being shut, and he stood again in the midst, and he said, Peace to you. See, Jesus doesn't want to leave anybody out. Thomas needed to have this encounter, and he showed up again, and he said, Peace to you. Jesus doesn't want anyone in this room to be left out. He wants every one of you to experience a personal relationship with him. He's knocking on your heart's door right now. He said to Thomas, this is the amazing thing about Christ. Thomas said, I need to see this and I need to do this. Jesus wasn't in the room, but Jesus already knows. The disciples didn't run back to Christ and, and say, hey, Thomas is doubting right now, and you need to show up, and, 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 and if you'll let him touch your hands, if you'll let him touch your, your side, then he'll believe. No, Jesus already knew what Thomas needed, and he showed up again. He waited those eight days, but he showed up again, and he said, peace be with you, and then he began to have a conversation with Thomas. I want to let you know when we're in the presence of the Lord and that, that every one of us can be experiencing God in their own ways, but God will find a way to begin to speak to you personally. Like, am I going to hear something? I'm not saying you're going to hear the voice of the Lord, but if your heart will be open, you'll realize that he's moving on your heart. He wants you to know him personally. And there's some times we watch, and, and we've all been in services, perhaps if you've been in church for a while, you see God blessing someone over on the other side of the room or in the front of the room or, or even in the back, and, and you're just, I wonder, what are, what are they experiencing? And, and you may begin, I want a little bit of that. You know what? God is able to meet you where you're at, too. Don't get discouraged. There may be an eight-day wait sometimes, and you're like, yeah, it didn't happen. Maybe you missed out on that, that one. Anybody ever been there before? You missed the service, and someone said, you should have been there. And, and then you start feeling bad because you weren't there. Hey, guess what? God's going to show up again every time we come into the house of the Lord. And this doesn't mean that you, it's okay to take breaks. I'm going to encourage you. Be in the house of the Lord. Be in the presence of God. Because when you're here, God wants to do something, not just for a temporary experience. He wants to transform us so we can go out and do the Great Commission which is telling this story to someone else who needs hope. 
So he begins to talk to Thomas. He says, reach your finger here. And he took his hand. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And this is what I'm saying to you this morning. Do not be unbelieving. Jesus Christ has risen from the, from the dead. He's risen from the grave. And he is a healer. And he's a savior. He's a forgiver of our sins. And he wants to change the direction of your life towards heaven, away from hell. Verse 28, and Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But listen, this is for us. Blessed are those who have not seen him. I haven't physically seen Jesus, but I believe. Anybody else in this room believe in Jesus Christ? Believe that he rose again from the dead? Believe that he loves you and knows you? Glory to your name. So I want to tell you this morning that you can know him. Say that with me. You can know him. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 10. As our praise team, he comes back this way. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And you've been hearing the word of faith this morning. It's in your ears. It's in your heart right now because you're in the presence of the Lord. You're, you're receiving this. <coughs> Verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the whole thing about being saved this morning. This is, it all comes down to this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... You say that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ was buried, he was crucified, but he rose again. If you will confess that and you will believe in your heart that he's not dead, but he's alive, you will be saved. How many wants to declare that right now? I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Say it. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He says, for with the heart the one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say that one thing with me again. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you ready to know him? Peter knew him. Zacchaeus knew him. Mary Magdalene knew him. Thomas knew him. And you can know him this morning. You can know him in a personal way. Not at a, as a distant God, but one that who cares for us. One who already knows you. He knows everything about you. There's not one thing you can hide from him. He knows you. He wants you to surrender his heart to him. 
He wants you to know him in a personal way. How many would it bring comfort to to know that the personal presence of the Lord could be in your house? That's what he wants for you. His personal presence in your home. When you lay your head down at night, when you wake up in the morning, when you're dealing with sickness, knowing that he's there, he's going to comfort you. He's going to bring you through. When you're laying there with questions, anybody deal with questions of life? Some people, when they begin to get discouraged, they try to isolate, try to get alone. That could be okay sometimes, but I want to let you know this. You'll never be alone because Christ is always there with you. When you call on his name, when you receive him into your heart. You may be here this morning and you're on this edge. I, I, I want to give my heart to the Lord, but I don't know what tomorrow looks like when I do. I got to go back into my regular workplace. I got to go back to that situation that, that is so hard. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about right now. Worry about this decision to follow Christ with all of your heart. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. None of us know what tomorrow is going to bring. There's one thing we know for certain. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And those who call on in the name of Jesus will be saved and will be on our way to heaven. And he'll give you the strength to make it through every situation. How many is here today? Some of you are here today. How many is here today? That means you made it through yesterday. Some of you had a real hard time making it from yesterday. But I want to let you know when you have Jesus on your side, he's going to help you get through today and tomorrow better than it is without him. So as everyone stands to your feet today, If you're here this morning and you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you want to receive him, maybe renew a relationship with him, maybe walk away with that confidence, I know I'm safe in his hands. Today is a day to do that. There's a revival that's spread across this land, and I want to be a part of it. I am a part of it. Let's don't say I want to be. I'm a part of it. How many believe that the revival is taking place and we're experiencing that across the United States? And God is not done. But it starts with a confession of sins and it starts with that renewal and it sparks a fire. If you're here this morning and you just simply say, I need to, I need to receive Jesus Christ in my as my Savior, just raise your hand. Boldly do it. Don't worry about anybody watching. Just boldly do it. If you need to receive Christ, We've all had to do this before. If you're here and you need to receive Christ, just raise your hand. Don't be afraid. It's okay. There's one. Go ahead. Is there someone else? Is there someone else? We're going to have some worship. I'm going to ask you to come down. I'm glad you're here. Come on down. Come on down. Anyone else wants to give your heart to the Lord, just come on down. I'm going to pray with you this morning. This is nothing to be ashamed of. This is a celebration. Because you're going to walk away different.
you're going to walk away different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else? I know the Lord's been moving on some other hearts. Don't be afraid. Don't let this moment pass. Bethany, lead us in some worship. I see shadows. You see. Can I introduce you today to Tina, who's just given her heart to Jesus Christ? Can we celebrate with her right now? I don't... Now listen, we're going to pray for Tina. Some of you already heard her testimony that Tammy shared. Her heart breaks with you in the loss of your husband. Remember the story of Tank? This is Tank's wife. Tank's in heaven right now celebrating because he's saying, I'm going to see my wife here in heaven with me. Amen. But more importantly, you're going to see Jesus Christ. Can you stretch your hand this way? Heavenly Father, pray for Tina today. Well, Lord, we celebrate with her the joy that you're giving her right now. But Lord, she still has some hurts, some pains, 
Lord, she's in, in sorrow and she's mourning still and grieving, but Lord, you're able to give her joy and you're able to help her through this grief process and the loss of her husband. But Lord, you want to give her joy. You want to give her joy. You want to give her joy. And you've given her a new life today. And we celebrate that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap of praise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we leave, I want to say a prayer over this congregation. And I want you to respond this way. If you know someone that needs the Lord and you're praying for them and, and you're still hoping that they'll be with you in service even next week, or if they're, maybe they're not in a close place nearby, but you're praying for them, does anyone have someone on your heart this morning that you're saying, Lord, please save them? Heavenly Father, you see the hands that are raised. And we are not giving up on these. Lord, just as you saved Tina this morning, you want to save these loved ones of our friends, our families here. So, God, I pray move in their lives. Lord, I pray over this congregation. Keep us safe until we're able to come back into your house again. Lord, keep your hands on us. Lord, as we have meals together today with family, Lord, let us talk about the goodness of God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. We like to leave this place making a declaration. How many needs help with your speech sometimes during the week? This verse will help you out to say the right things. Will you say it with me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. God is good. Bless you.